Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Your Ben Jarofsky show for this Wednesday, February 14th starts now. On today's show, sweetheart journalist Monroe Anderson joins us once again for another edition of Monroe Wednesdays. They're talking top stories, talking Trump, talking a little bit of personal business. It's all going to be stuff that you're going to want to hear. So stick around. It's coming up. The Ben Jarofsky Show, a presentation of the Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com for everything there is to know in the city of Chicago. If you want to know what to do, where to go, what to eat, what to drink. You want to know what's happening in politics? You want to know what big art events are coming up around the city? You might want to head to chicagoreader.com. Oh, and while you're there, sign up for that newsletter. You want to get the best stories sent straight to your email. And if you want more Ben Jarofsky stories, head to chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. That's J-O-R-A-V as in victory, S-K-Y. Hello again, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this in memory of Joyce Wednesday, and here's why. So um, look at my dear friend Monroe Anderson. We're about to take the deep dive, uh, but it's um, sad news to put it mildly. On Saturday, uh, Monroe's wife, Joyce Owens, passed away, and uh, she'd been sick for a while. Let Monroe tell the story. Uh, and... Um, so I obviously did not know Joyce as well as Monroe. I'm smiling when I say that, uh, but I've gotten to know, uh, got to know Joyce pretty good over the years and um, truly a brilliant artist, absolutely brilliant artist. Go to Monroe and Joyce's house to see her paintings and sculpture all over the place and blow my mind. How uh, like I'm just so bad at art, Monroe. I can't draw. I can't replicate the things I see. <laughs> I can't replicate them. I, you give me a pen, I just cannot replicate the vision the, on paper. And like what Joyce could do, just blew me. She's the, really the only great artist I knew I've I've known in my life, and uh, I'm just always stunned by her talent. Uh, she was also one of the. Um, uh, she was born and raised in Philly. We'll get into this uh, Monroe a little bit, and she reminded me so many ways of my mother. Uh, and I'll explain what I mean, Monroe. Uh, my mother's a Philly girl, born and raised. Uh, totally different generation. Uh, at least, I don't know, uh, 30 years, maybe 25 years older than Joyce. Anyway, the point is, they had this Philly attitude. There's an attitude in Philly. It's kind of like general skepticism uh, that's mixed with a satirical, sarcastic humor. And uh, Joyce had that in abundance. We would talk politics and she loved talking politics. And one of my regrets at being a podcaster is I could never talk Joyce into coming on the mic because she always had something to say when we were off uh, mic. When I call the house to talk to Monroe, uh, Joyce would answer the phone and then it'd be like a half hour of Monroe. And sometimes she, at the end she'd go, oh, by the way, Monroe's not even here. <laughs> You'd be like, Monroe's not even here. Uh, and But it would be like her political observations. And this is what you should say. And this is what Monroe should say. And I'd be like, why don't you come on the show and say it? No, I'm busy. I don't want to. But you say it. Uh, and uh, so anyway, those are just a handful of thoughts I have, Monroe, um, as I think about the life of the great uh, Joyce Owens. Why don't you uh, share some of your thoughts? Uh, the, the mic is yours. Uh, Joyce was an incredible artist, as you as you point out. Um, she has six paintings hanging in the official residence of UN Ambassador Linda Thomas Greenfield. Right now, uh, she is featured in a is one of the 
artist in a book about the Yale Art School. Uh, she, she also at one point was um, writing a podcast, uh, a, a um, blog, where she was she was sharing her ideas there. She was um, she was physically beautiful, also very beautiful woman, five uh, ten, uh, incredible smile, and um, people are. I posted her obituary uh, from the Sun-Times on Facebook. And I've gotten hundreds of um, comments. And one of the things people talk about most besides her talent was what a sharing and um, compassionate woman she was. Yeah, I, uh, like I said, we come over and she'd be like offering me the art. And I said, no, I cannot take this painting. It's too valuable. Uh, she goes, no, you can have it. <laughs> and I was like, no, I can't do it. But that, she was very sharing uh, in, in that regard. And, uh, uh, and she's also, let's point out, uh, she's the mother of your two children. Yes, Scott and, and Kyle. Yeah, Scott and Kyle. And um, it was a, uh, she, had, she was uh, ill for quite a while. Uh, and, um, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was tough. I know it was really tough on you, Monroe, these last few months. So my heart goes out. Yeah. To yeah well, actually she was possibly an undeclared victim of the pandemic. Um, it was never, you know, there's no, no diag uh, diagnosis of it or anything, but when the pandemic started, first started, uh, we stayed at home. We stayed in place. I mean, for a full year, we did not go outside uh, in any place, except to take out the garbage. Uh, we had all our food delivered by Instacart. Uh, we, no one visited us. We didn't visit anyone. And Joyce, is, Joyce was a very social human being. And she loved people. She loved to meet people. She loved to talk to people. Um, Rod Joy, who used to be the director of the um, Illinois Arts Alliance, uh, once said that uh, Joyce could talk to anybody at any time. <laughs> yeah. And, and 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 this was true. Uh, and so for a year, she was pretty much fully deprived of socializing with people. I mean, she talked on the telephone, but that's not the same. Uh, during that time, she started growing increasingly paranoid. Uh, we we live on a corner, so we have a a um, southern exposure and with lots of windows and she started closing the blinds at night because she thought uh, as, as she put it she felt like she was in the spotlight uh, then uh, this was more than a year ago this start and then she uh, she wanted the burglar alarm on the house uh, we, we live in a three-story house. When we were on the third floor, she wanted the burglar alarm on the, burglar alarm was on the second floor and there's an entrance there uh, for fear that someone would, would come into the house. After the, the, the pandemic got to a point where you, it was okay to go out, but you just needed to be masked if you had shots. We had the vaccinations. She was worried because of the news. She was worried about my being carjacked or mugged when I went out to buy groceries. And she um, still remained in. And, and when she took out the garbage, uh, she would wear a mask outdoors with little chance of bump, bump, bumping the in, into anyone. And it just got progressively worse. Um, as time went by, 
to where last summer she started having these hallucinations. Uh, oh, let me let me let me point out the the, the situation. She was early Alzheimer's at the time, um, which I would tell her. I mean, I, I I would tell her I suspected that she had early Alzheimer's and she should go see a doctor. And she wanted to. She she pointed out to me that she didn't see any medical degrees on my wall. <laughs> so Joyce, right there. <laughs> That's that South Philly stuff going right, on. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, and therefore, she dismissed. She was in denial. She dismissed <laughs> the idea that she might have it. Yeah. And my mother had it, so I had some idea of yeah. what the beginnings looked and sounded like. Um, anyway, then maybe nine or 10 months ago, she started having these ongoing hallucination that our house was going to burn down and um, that we needed to get out of it so we didn't burn up in the fire. To, to show you how incredible her mind was, even in her hallucination and paranoia, she once said to me, maybe this comes from when I was a little girl, our, my house burned down. And so that's why I'm afraid of this. But she continued with the hallucination. Um, what she do is like uh, Groundhog Day. Every uh, morning, she would go down to the first floor and ring the doorbell, just lay on the doorbell. And I was supposed to come down so we could leave before we got burned up. In the meantime, she had loaded up the car with stuff, with bags of stuff to take that would uh, that that we'd need because um, we were leaving the house. And it was a, a hodgepodge of things. Um, one time she put my rollerblades in, in a bag to go. And I, I haven't rollerbladed in 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> and it would be some clothes of hers and some clothes of mine. Um, yeah. And um, some of her art. Uh, one time there was a r roll of um, tall kitchen bags store-bought tall kitchen bag. And it was, it was just a mixture. And she was putting them in the car. And so I, I had to take them out uh, for fear that someone would break into the car thinking that it was something really valuable in there or not. So she put it in, I take it out. Yeah, I uh, a couple things you said that uh, really popped into my head. Uh, one has to do with the... Uh, the impact of the pandemic, uh, which I think has been overlooked to a large degree. Was, the pandemic uh, was politicized uh, so early on into the pandemic. Uh, and uh, I feel there's almost a reluctance to talk about it from either side, uh, because either side being MAGA and the Democrats, um, because neither one wants to uh, alienate too many voters, which would be, well, probably MAGA. We'll talk about it more than the Democrats. Uh, but I you're right. I think you're absolutely correct. I think um, the isolation of the pandemic uh, and the impact that had on people like Joyce uh, has never really been adequately uh, studied. And uh, so I could see how someone as social as Joyce it would be devastating to be locked away in that regards, you know? And uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, that's one point. Yeah, yeah, you know, and even when, well, when she got up enough um, nerve to go out, we go to restaurants, mm -hmm. and we'd be sitting at a table, and the people over at the next table would say something she found interesting. Yes, find a way to to get into their conversation and engage them, and. Um, before it was over, four times out of five, they had invited her to join their table. Yeah. And she would sit there talking to them and regaling them with 
how to raise children or how to do this or how to do that. And they, they would be laughing and um, I would be sitting at our table <laughs> eating much about myself watching her over at the other table. No, I'm telling you, Joyce was a social creature. Un, I, again, I come over to Mondro's house and it would be like being on a cup show or something. We, Cup show, man, that's an ancient reference. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. I think Monroe knows what I'm talking about. And Cup, the thing about Cup Show is that uh, the way he presented his show, every topic was on the table. So, you know, you could talk sports, art, culture, politics, foreign affairs, what have you. And that's how it was with Joyce. You know what I'm saying? It would be like, we'd start off talking about a painting, which would remind her of something else. And we go here, we go there. And then we get into the school. She had a lot of ideas about schools and schooling and education and uh, the magnet schools, and she knew like knew every principal in the city, and uh, and, and her her uh, philosophy was that um, everybody ought to be educated. If they were educated, whatever fault or shortcoming they had, that would repair it. An education, a good school education, would repair it. Yeah, of course, she had taught. She taught for at Chicago State University for twenty some years. But um, when she first graduated from Yale, uh, she uh, couldn't get a, a teaching job mm-hmm. at a college, which is what she wanted to do. So she was assigned, she was in Philadelphia, and she was assigned this school for disturbed children. And she handled it so well. Uh, they they told her that she was a natural born teacher, and um, they wanted her to come back for another year. And she 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 didn't say to them, but she thought, why would I want to do this for another year? Because it was so challenging. Yeah. And plus, she's an artist, so she said thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. No, she wanted to get back to her artwork. Yes. Uh, and that thing you said about I'm going to get into something else about Joyce uh, that I really want to talk about. Uh, but that thing you said about um, uh, having moments, even when uh, she was really sick, of clarity, so true. Uh, both of my parents had dementia, uh, and they would have moments of clarity. It would catch me off guard because I had gotten used to them being um, out of it. And it's like, wow, there's the old person that exists still in this body, you know, Monroe. And it's um, yeah, my, my mother had Alzheimer's, yeah. so Joyce and I went to. Um, visit her in the nursing home and we were talking to her and she was talking about my father had left her for and he had a family in Indianapolis and the thing is this was in 2004 and my father died in 1984 so and he was a great father and husband so that I mean, that wasn't even even um, an op- a possibility of that happening. But yeah. she was going on with it. But then she stops and she looks at Joyce and she says, he's dead, isn't he? And Joyce nodded. Mm-hmm. And she looked yeah. very sad. You know. Yeah. Uh, so the other thing about Joyce, you should know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, she was a proud black woman. Uh, and so much of her artwork uh, had... Uh, african-american themes to it uh and this quote monroe sent me this article uh about joyce was so joyce i'm gonna read this quote to you monroe i don't know if you're, you know it's what, what i'm gonna read but this is classic joyce okay yeah, yeah. Uh, the honesty embedded in this uh, alone is is just <laughs> that's how she was here we go so here's the article uh in the midst of our national conversation about race, Joyce Owens offered her mother's opinion, quote, the only thing my mother regretted was that she was so light skinned. People thought she was white. She married two doctor's skin men. So her children wouldn't be, would be darker. End of quotes. As an artist. Joyce was as light skinned as her mother. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't work. Right. Exactly. But Joyce didn't realize it. She had no, she, Joyce never fully recognized how beautiful she was, physically beautiful she was. And she didn't realize that 
how how light you how light skinned he was. But I I had uh, when I first started dating her, I had this black architect. Um, I was getting him to design some black stairs for the house, and she was here uh, working on a painting, and he saw her, and he told a friend of ours that. Um, I was dating this white woman who who painted black men who who liked to paint black men. Oh. <laughs> oh my God! Did you tell Joyce that story? Yeah, yeah, and she was puzzled by it. You know, it was you know, but at 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 when she worked, she worked at BBM TV for four years, no more than that, maybe yeah. six years or something. But anyway. She worked there, and people there would ask her, uh, where was she from, as in another country? Yeah. She, she's a Philadelphia. <laughs> they look puzzled. They figure out, well, what more than that? It, did she realize they were trying to figure out her nationality? Yeah. That is such a, uh, oh, my goodness. That that moment where people are trying to figure things out, those little brains are going to work. You so, know, I, like people look at someone, and they, like, uh, okay, what are you? You know what I mean? I, and I, I, Monroe, I didn't really realize this until I came to Chicago. Like, this is very Chicago. What are, Chicago, what are you? You right. know what I mean? Like, right. Right. I got to decide whether I like you or not. So right. what are you? And exactly. I, whether you're, you're acceptable to me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Man, you are weird, Chicago. You are so weird. Uh, anyway, but yeah, what are you? And like, you look at Joyce and like, what are you, Puerto Rican, huh? Dominican, what are you, you know? She, she looked like her mother, Joyce did. Okay. And they were in New York one time. Uh, just, I think her mother was singing at a church. Anyway, they're walking down the street, and they're, 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 they're in Harlem. And somebody says, those are the biggest Chinese I ever saw. <laughs> Oh Lord! The mother was maybe five eight. Joyce was five ten. There's so much prejudice embedded in that one sentence. I don't know where to start. I don't even know where to start. Like I said, "All right, Chicago, you're redeemed." That happened in New York, so everybody's dumb, <laughs> not just Chicago. Yeah, I guess that's a that's just a across the board. Who, who, where are you from? Who are you? What kind of person? Are you? I have to figure out whether I like you or not. Uh, yeah, no, Joyce, we get a kick out of this conversation. Uh, that is for sure. Uh, and, uh, so Monroe, we'll transition to politics. Cause I, uh, I know you want to have that conversation and Joyce w- would definitely want us to transition. Uh, if, if she was sitting by me, yes. she would be passing me notes, you know, probably saying that's enough about me. And then when we actually started talking, um, Telling me what she thought I should um, enter into our conversation, what topic or, or how should I, I I express it? Yeah, yeah, exactly true, <laughs> exactly true, ladies and gentlemen. And then I'd be like, Joyce, come on to the show. No. <laughs> a memory, a Joyce memory, uh, and a memory of another dear friend who passed. Uh, I think it was Fourth of July at Monroe's house. It's, I forget how many years ago. It was a while back. Joyce and Sergio Mims. And uh, I don't know if you remember this night, Monroe, you, you were cooking. So you, yeah. you may have missed a lot of the conversation because you were. Uh, and you guys were out on, on the um, deck. Yes. On the, on the deck. Yeah. yeah. And I think your son was there as well. One of your sons was there, Kyle. And um, what a night, man. Those two, they had to gift the gab. And it was like, it, it's like fighting to get a word in man wait wait let me talk uh now sergio had no problem coming on a mic okay as we all know right Uh, (laughs) sometimes he was on the mic and and on the keyboard at the same time as dr d likes to point out the only guest on the ben jarofsky show who would engage with the uh the live streamers while on the show um but uh, that, I remember that night, man. The politics was flying. It was great political conversation. So, uh, you know, Joyce Owens, um, I could never convince you to come on the show, Joyce. But uh, your presence was definitely felt passing those notes uh, to Monroe. And she hated Trump. 
Yes. Hated Trump. <laughs> Hated Trump. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I can say this now that she's no longer with us, but she even made a couple of statements about how she hoped somebody would assassinate him or shoot him or something. I would tell, you know, I would, I would rebut that with, well, then he'd just be a martyr. And don't say that aloud because uh, the Secret Service or the FBI or somebody will be showing up here yeah. looking for you. <laughs> no, you're a black woman saying stuff like that. You're going right. to get thrown into jail. Right, right, right. But it was so funny because her uh, older sister was sitting by you a couple of weeks ago. Yes. She... <laughs> or last week even. Yeah, right. No, but it was when she said the treason line, he should be oh, shot for treason. Yeah, right, like, exactly. Okay, right. the views and opinions. Yeah. It was classic. Oh, exactly. No, because <laughs> that is the opinion of black women. I mean, that's how much they hate Trump. That you know, they sooner that he'd be gone completely. And not every black woman, obviously, but uh his 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 strongest greatest opponents are black women. Yeah. Yeah. And if this country and democracy in this country is going to be saved, once again, it'll be black women who do the saving. Yeah. Uh, and it's just I mean, every election since Trump was elected in twenty sixteen, it's been that way, Monroe. Every single election. And uh, yeah, you're absolutely correct. They see through Trump, right? You know, and, he, and he doesn't. He do, he doesn't like them, except for Omarosa. <laughs> <laughs> he cut her free. Trump. Okay, this but, is the, <laughs> Trump doesn't like. Trump likes one person, right? Trump, right? Okay, everybody else is some people he well, uses. Well, he likes his daughter a little bit. Which one? Not Which not Marla Maple's daughter, not that one. He's about the name. He wants one to be the head of the Republican National Committee. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just turning the. He's turning the Republican Party into the Trump Party. Literally turning it into the Trump Party. And those dummies are just going off a cliff for him. The, the Trump mom and pop store, because yeah, it's a mom and pop store. Absolutely ridiculous. And I'll give you an example. Joyce would love this. So there was a special election in New York uh, yesterday. I'll probably be talking about it more tomorrow with my guest, Denali, who is from New York. Uh, and I was following. I don't know if you were following him much. It was the seat. The va seat vacated when uh, the Congress uh, booted George Santos uh, from the House for all his lying and deceit and <laughs> cheating and thievery of sorts. Uh, what a lunatic he was. Trump Jr. Trump, yeah. It's funny they pick on Santos, uh, but they <laughs> they worship Trump. I can't figure that one out. Republicans, man, are inconsistent. Um, but uh, so in that election, it was a really centrist, to put it mildly, uh, former congressman named Tom Susie, and he was up against um, a woman named uh, Mazi Phillip. And Monroe, we haven't talked about this election. Uh, I don't think you and I have. I followed it because I was getting Mazi's emails, fundraising solicitation emails all the time. As you know, I still not removed from those lists. I just would get bombarded with them. Keep sending them money. If you, if you cut the, 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 the checkbook off, they, they, won't, they, won't, they, won't, they, they won't email you anymore. Yeah, I know, but I, I kind of want to I know that's. I know I'm a walking contradiction. I complain about it, and yet I keep them on just to see what they're saying. I realize there's inconsistent. You know who would point that out, Joyce? Ben, you're inconsistent. Uh, <laughs> you know, Ben, you can get rid of those emails. You know that, don't you? Uh, yeah, no. Uh, but uh, I, anyway. I, I keep them too. I, 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 you need to know your enemies. Yes. So, uh, so follow me on this, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Mazi Phillips uh, is Ethiopian-born. She's Jewish, uh, and she migrated to Israel. And then she left Israel and came to the United States. And now she's running uh, as hardcore MAGA. Ran. Hardcore MAGA ran. Well, there's a, this is only a special election to fill out the term. There's another one in November. Yeah. So I presume she'll be the nominee. Well, he beat her so bad. She'd be crazy. <laughs> he beat her about 40 points or something. 
No, no, it was closer. Yeah. 40 points. I think it was 50, yeah. 46. This could be one of our favorite famous bets, which you owe me so many bucks. Yeah, yeah, I'm not it, it was huge. It was a landslide. <laughs> well, for, it, for Trump, biggest landslide ever. 54. Actually, it's more. You're right. You're you're absolutely correct. I mean, 54 to 46 is more than uh, Donald Trump has ever won an election. In fact, Donald Trump has never won an election. Let's just pause and think about that, MAGA. Never, ever. He, he won polls. He won polls, yeah. Well, that doesn't count as an election. <laughs> it's not, uh, but anyway, so so twisted and bizarre. Uh, she was an immigrant to two countries, Israel and then the United States. Uh, and she proudly proclaims that she is the embodiment of the, uh, the recipient of the American dream. But her campaign was so hate-filled toward immigrants as she was trying to tap up, tap MAGA's hatred uh, for people who are trying to get into this country. A very bizarre hatred, Monroe, because today's Valentine's Day, and Donald Trump sent out a Valentine to his beloved Melania. Do you see this? She's no. an immigrant. Okay. <laughs> no. Oh, this party is so freaking what, weird. What, what, was it, what did the Valentine say? You know what? Uh, I, I'm i sure it was really uh, a Valentine's uh, to Melania that was uh, more or less a fundraising appeal. Uh, yeah, and, and to him mostly. Yeah, right. You want me to call it a hold on? See if I, can, I still have it. Oh, let's see. Hold on. Here it is. If you probably said something to the thing is, um, you're so wonderful for, for loving me. Yeah, I, that, that sounds like... Uh, Wait, hold on. Where is it? Uh, I can't find it now. I'll find it eventually. Uh, but uh, anyway, so this gets my point being, as soon as that election was over uh, and uh, she had lost, Trump started badmouthing her. It's so classic Trump, you know, because he wanted to distance himself from a loser, from a loser, even though he's a loser. Right. Uh, exactly. Right. Yeah. And so he just started sort of trashing her and. Man, this dude is like a, a really diseased individual. Uh, but that's, you know, this is what uh, gets to what you're saying. Uh, she's a black woman uh, who joined Trump's crusade, joined Trump's movement, embraced the MAGA. Uh, and then as soon as she lost, MAGA cut her loose. Right. Kind of symbol symbolic of so many things, Monroe. Uh, particularly the just kind of the contempt. Well, the the contempt MAGA has for black women uh, right. is on display there. Um, so uh, anyway, like I said, I'll be talking about that race further tomorrow, but you must have some general thoughts about it, Monroe, the significance of it, uh, what it meant that the, the Democrats won the swing. The, the significance of it is um, Sousa, am I pronouncing his name right? I think it's Sousa. Yeah. But any, anyway, um, he he did what Biden needs to do and every other Democratic candidate is he looked straight into the camera, said they're lying, and then made the counter argument uh, with a uh, an uh, with a you know me, and you know that this is not true. Uh, what he did was what Robert Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy, told Democrats to do back in the sixties, mm. and that's hang a lantern on your shortcomings on your faults and deal with them. And, and that takes your opponents, the, the opportunity away from, from your opponents to use it as a weapon against you because you've already told, told them about you. You've pointed it out. You've addressed it. And so when your opponent tries to, to recycle it, um, it, it doesn't ring um, as important. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I know what you're saying. Uh, listen, and and the Democrats. Okay, wait. Let, okay, let me further that. So the Democrats, with uh, well, Biden, with his age, ought to ought to say, I'm 81, and as an 81 year old man, you're gonna see me stumble sometimes. Uh, you're gonna see me um, um, misspeak sometimes, but I know what I'm doing. I've done this and I've done that. I'm the best president since FDR when it comes to getting things done. 
Monroe, you were preaching to the choir. I, I you, you embrace who you are. Right. To a degree. That's who you are. You you don't pretend you're something other than what you are. Or, you or know, from it or hide from it. Yeah. And um, I. Yeah, I think that's his handlers doing that, you know, because Biden is, is over the years has been a pretty regular guy and, um, and and embraced it what he was. Well, National Democrats in general, um, they they, uh, they I mean, I, this, I, I want to say this goes this goes back to Clinton uh, and. It, they create this fiction and uh, they live within this fictitious shell and they create, they try to create like this, this phony image uh, in which they're appealing uh, like to the notion that um, of what they expect people to see in the, in a president uh, or, uh, and, 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 and Obama did the same thing. Uh, Monroe Obama was like, just think about Obama's whole appeal. You know, uh, there, there are no divisions in America. We're a united, we're a country that's un completely united. Even, even as the divisions are right in his face, you know, there's no red America. There's no blue America. Um, Clinton would be upholding this view of him as a family man and a loving husband while he was having an affair in the white house uh, now I know your interpretation of it was that it was not of a fair. Uh, that's not my interpretation. I'm <laughs> quoting. Don't be, don't, don't be prescribing. Don't, don't be assigning that to me. It's 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 a saying. I just I heard it. that it was a saying in the south. I've never in the south, yeah. In the south, but I heard that the <laughs> saying was, "If it's just eating, it ain't cheating." And obviously, um, it was so um, incredible that I it, it stuck in my mind. You know, it is amazing, and and, and and you know what? It's so classic that it be applied to Clinton because I I could hear Clinton saying it. You know how Clinton? Well, it depends on what it is. He was so slick. He would right. uh, he just, but he and he may have presented it for all I know that to uh, others. Yeah. That, that's how I pointed point out. It may not even exist there. It may be a, a Clinton-esque. Clinton-esque? What are you talking about, guys? I didn't go to Final Mile. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so that's that's that points about what I'm talking about. There's there's a phoniness to it, you know, and um, I, I wish that Joe Biden would blow it up and and just be really good. He goes, guys, I'm 81. I, 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 are, I have a lifelong stutterer. It's hard enough for me to get a sentence out, but now when I'm 81, it's even harder. Right. But I'm better than this bum. <laughs> me on my worst day is better than this bum. Well, Say thing, it. Yeah, I I think uh, personally, I think what he ought to do, Biden, is challenge Trump to a debate right now, and, and uh, uh, on on one one topic, you know. The the um the Gaza Strip or the Ukraine or the border because Trump talks in sound bites and they make no sense or when they do make sense they're anti-American you know for example with his saying that um if um if the Allies weren't paying enough money. Then, then he would um, encourage Russia to attack them. I mean, that thing was so loaded with 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 lies yeah. because the way the way NATO works is it's not it's not a country club like Mar-a-Lago where you put up your dues and you get to come and hang around. It's the agreement they have is that each country which would put up X amount of money. In, in defense with soldiers and materials and uh, war materials, et cetera, so that if we had to fight Russia, they would be fully equipped to do it. 
but we aren't sending tax dollars over to Germany saying, well, our, our, sorry, Germany's not sending uh, money to us mm-hmm. or, or, or putting it in NATO saying, well, here's a trillion dollars. If we get in a war, you spend it as you wish. Yeah. Yeah, I uh listen man, that thing is so weird. That that riff from Trump was so filled with contradictions embedded in it. And uh, any other president but him, it would be the biggest story of the month. I mean the the, the media would get a hold of that and and, and take it every which way. Yeah. But because Trump says crazy shit every day. And it's just one more crazy thing that he said. Wow. Well, it kind of blows up a myth, though. And we're tying the two points together here. So the Democrats abide by these myths. And there's this myth that um, that our security uh, is uh, guaranteed by the NATO alliance. Uh, and there's this notion that uh, we're, we're saving the world from a catastrophe, uh, a continuation, let's say, of World War II. And that's the myth of NATO going back to uh, the post-war years in the 1940s. And uh, I don't think most Americans agree with that, but that's the myth that we've been uh, asked to uh, swear by. I don't think they care. Most Americans, I don't think it's not an agreement. I would think, you know, the uh, World World War II was uh, nearly 80 years ago now. So that's like having a civil war argument as far as most people are concerned. And so, and uh, and so, this myth was the anti-communist myth that the United States security uh, was being threatened uh, by this global machine of communism, and that we had to stand up to it. And this was the myth that uh, Republican Party embraced for our entire lives, Monroe. And promote it and promote it and promote it until, until uh, last year, year before. Yeah, until Donald Trump yeah. took office. Yeah, right. And now all of a sudden he's saying things that only lefties would say. You know, a variation of only things that lefties, far uh, left, lefties. The lefties wouldn't even say um, that it's okay for uh, Putin to, to blow up the rest of Europe. I mean, they wouldn't go that far. Okay, so far left. Except for your car-carrying communists, of course. But, well, And I don't even think they say that. Uh, okay, the far left yeah. has the notion that Putin has been an exaggerated uh, yeah, caricature right. that's right. been used by the Democratic Party right. to justify the war machine. Uh, and that's a belief they, uh, they that they don't really they don't run away from it. And uh, Trump sort of supports that in a weird way by his adoration for Putin, who, listen, I mean, I, anybody who adores Putin, that's pretty, pretty strange. You, I, I understand lefties hating uh, the, the foreign policy pursuits of the United States and the military industrial complex and all the money we spend on arms. I totally get that. But to embrace Putin and try to make him seem like a lovable character of some sorts, that's some twisted, weird fantasy. Uh, just hatred of him taking it too far, in my humble opinion. Um, but you know, I don't think most Americans care, Monroe. I, I actually don't think most Americans care uh, if NATO were to fall. Right, because they don't understand their importance, and uh, nobody cared about NATO until. Until what nine years ago, with Trump? Uh, no, when Putin in, uh, invaded the Ukraine. Oh, I see. oh yeah, the first. And they're, they're like, "Whoa, wait, wait a minute, what's happening here?" So, so here's the weird thing about Trump. Uh, it's like what he just said. It's so bizarre. Uh, he's like, "Yeah, uh, if they don't contribute money to NATO, as." Uh, uh, inaccurate as that statement is but if they don't contribute money to nato kick them out invade them i'm like the whole point of NATO. what the whole point of nato is to protect them from invasion okay so <laughs> i mean 
it just it makes no sense. It's he like I don't know what he's talking about. That's right. You know, he, he, I mean, he's 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 consistently confused, and this is another example of it. Again, he doesn't understand that uh, we're not sending money yeah. to Germany I, or NATO. Uh, what we're we're requiring NATO members to put up their fair share of the defense. What he's ultimately saying is that he doesn't care if Russia invades countries, uh, nearby countries, and uh, absorbs right. them. Oh, he yeah, doesn't right. care about that. Yeah, that no, was, if you don't care about that, just get rid of NATO. Pull yourself yeah, out of NATO. That's, right. right. No, that was another Russia, are you listening? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like when he was telling the Proud Boys it was okay yeah, to yeah. Um, attack the Capitol. Yeah. Uh, with this, this this statement that he made, he was telling his 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 puppeteer Putin that it's okay with him if he becomes president uh, for um, Putin Russia to expand his boundaries and gobble up all these uh, small uh, satellite countries, former satellite countries, because Putin wants to um, rebuild the Russian Empire, the Soviet Union. Yeah, no, I I understand what you're saying. It was many messages that were sent out there, uh, even if they were all contradictory. The notion that the United States would remain in NATO, but these other states could be uh, overtaken by Russia. Like, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, he's filled with contradictions. All right, I got to ask you this uh, about this, uh, Monroe. We have not con- uh, had a, talked about this on the mic. I don't know if you and I have even had a conversation about this privately on the phone. There's just been so much other stuff going on. But this ongoing um, matter in Georgia of a quote-unquote conflict of interest between Prosecutor Fannie Willis, uh, Fannie Willis and uh, a, uh, another prosecutor that she named to uh, prosecute Trump, uh, what's his name? Uh, Nathan Wade. I think his name. I'm doing this off the top of my head. Very bizarre. A MAGA, one of the defendants, uh, Trump's co-defendants down there seized on this. And MAGA has embraced it. Uh, and somehow or other, because one prosecutor had an affair with another prosecutor or was uh, or romantically involved with another prosecutor, that's a conflict of interest. I'm like, how is that a conflict of interest? Like, isn't that like a theme in every single TV show, a crimes TV show? You know, I'm thinking of The Wire where the prosecutor is having an affair with the the cop. You know, uh, it's just like after a long, hard day of work, the two prosecutors start making out on the couch. I mean, how are, how are most, most romances uh, spring forth from the job. Yeah, you know, if if you if you work hard and the only place you're working is in the Sun Times newsroom, then chances are you're going to be having an affair with a Sun Times uh, colleague. Yeah, you're not you're not going to meet somebody on the street and yeah. then suddenly say, "Why don't we knock boots?" Uh, but you know, the thing is, isn't it rich? <laughs> yes, go ahead. Isn't it rich that the man who had an affair with a porn star <laughs> and a Playboy oh, uh, is not held to oh, yeah. for that. It's like, oh, you know, boys will be boys. Yeah. But then because a, a prosecutor, a, a, a prosecutor who's prosecuting Trump, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Needs to um, needs to be replaced because it's a conflict of interest. Yeah, no, I I, I um, I, it, it it's so rich. I hadn't thought where you were going. I was gonna take. I thought you were gonna this way. Somehow or other, that uh, is a conflict of interest. They're both on the same side. A conflict of interest is when you're having an affair with someone on the other side. So, you get what I'm saying? So right. it, the prosecutor was having an affair with Melania Trump. Well, well, I, out. Yeah, well, I think he was still married. He's about to get divorced. And so 
from from his wife's point of view, it might have been a conflict of interest. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a whole other, <laughs> but, it, but, yeah. it, but it's not a legal conflict of yeah, interest. It's not, a, it's not a public conflict yeah. of interest. Now, I'll give you a conflict of interest. Clarence Thomas being married to one of the instigators, one of the leaders of the election was stolen movement. Right. Uh, while he's going to rule on whether Donald Trump committed uh, an act of insurrection. But, but you know, but, 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 that's but, a conflict but, of interest. But, 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 but that doesn't count because they never talk to each other. Oh, right. I forgot. Yeah. So he probably doesn't even know. Yeah, he doesn't know. <laughs> that she, she was out at there uh, on uh, January 6th rooting for the other team. Wow. Sending text messages to Mark Meadows in the right, White House. Right, right, Unbelievable. Right. And uh, that's not a conflict. He's going to vote on it. Well, I mean, it won't matter because it looks like they're gearing up, as we all know, uh, to um, keep Trump on the ballot because they're afraid taking a bold stand even if it's the right thing they know and it's the right thing well, to do. it's the law it's not it's the right thing it's the law the worry couldn't be any more plain than it is on the yeah. fourth amendment no. it's the law but what they're trying to do is um they're 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 pulling a clinton court said huh what would bill clinton say about this <laughs> You are so right. They're pulling up Bill Clinton. That's exactly what they're doing. Absolutely. They're speaking in circles to uh, that to remove themselves from the reality of what's going down. The law says you can't be. The Constitution says you can't run for president if you're an insurrectionist. Uh, and uh, and they're, they're saying, well, we don't want to create chaos. Yeah. In Trump age. And if 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 we say that Colorado is right, then Alabama is sure to uh, run a um, campaign to take Biden off the off off the ticket. You know what? Uh, that that's the absurdity. So right now, uh, they got the uh, impeachment. They finally got their act together and voted to impeach uh, Mayorkas, the Homeland Security, and so it's like proving. See. You went after Trump. Now we're going after Mayorkas. And uh, so, all right, well, see what you got. Let's let's, right. let's see your evidence. So here's the same thing. We all saw Trump, the Trump-led insurrection. Right. Okay, so we understand why Colorado uh, is moving to boot him, and Illinois is too. Alabama, what do you got against Biden? Let's see your evidence. Do you follow what I'm saying? I like they keep going, oh, well, Alabama. Well, against Mayorkas, except they don't like his, uh, his, his, his policies. <laughs> They're going against Mayorkas because they want to uh, get convey the message uh, that everybody does it. And that but, is not a big deal. Yeah, it's not a big deal. Like, oh, the Dems, uh, they said Trump did this, that, and the other thing. Look what Mayorkas did. And, you know, 99%, like you said, 90, most people aren't paying attention. And so they're hoping to, ah, they all do it, that attitude. I'm voting for Trump because whatever whacked out reason someone has for voting for Trump. The stock market was great under Trump. And like, okay. right. Which is what, what Democrats need to do is just tell the truth. Yeah. And I don't mean tell the truth and not lie. I mean, to say what the Republicans are doing and why they're doing it and why it's not the truth. Mm. But every Democrat, whatever, whatever TV show they're on wherever they are speaking. They are to point out that the only the reason we have a by a, a border crisis is because the Republicans want an issue. They don't have any any um, solutions to anything. So what they want to do is just uh, have problems yeah, that they can can lie about um, that they can fix. Yeah, that is. That is amen. Uh, and that border crisis, wow. Uh, we'll be talking about that tomorrow at a greater length. But yeah, Monroe, uh, when Denali comes on, but that 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 so-called border crisis and that, I, I mean, got to tip my hat to the Republicans, to MAGA. Uh, they have brainwashed the hell out of this country. Even people here in the city of Chicago, supposedly a liberal city. Uh, of course, we all know that there's so much hate in this city, but uh, 
they've just bought into it hook line and sinker that it's a crisis even though uh immigrants fortify our economy in so many ways uh and that we need new people in this country uh but they've somehow or other turned it into a crisis uh and uh even you got democrats main uh, centrist democrats uh in new york running and winning on saying they're going to be tougher on the border than the republicans so that's when you know monroe that you've successfully gaslit uh the country when people start following and by the way republicans will flip remember the republican we were talking about how republicans gaslit america on the threat of the soviet union and then threw it away you know right. what i mean throughout right. the threat uh they'll do the i can't imagine a world right now where maga throws away the border crisis as an issue oh no, wait when as soon as they said this didn't they vote against the bailout bill for the border crisis last just last week monroe didn't oh, they, yeah, they, did. they did they did yeah. because <laughs> and the reason they did it they yeah. said is because it's not strong enough and this this bill gave them everything they've been asking for for 20 years yeah and the democrats gave up a lot to just get to just settle the issue. And, no, then they, Trump, and then Trump comes along and says, well, no, 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 not yet. Uh, I'll fix this once I'm elected president. Yeah. Only that's I can do it. That's the reason they voted against it. Exactly. Right, right. there. Right. They didn't want that to be used in a Biden commercial. Right. Uh, which doesn't matter anyway, MAGA. You're going to get Alabama and you're going to lose California no matter what. Okay, right. so, uh, you know, I guess they're worried about the old suburban swing voter in Tucson or Milwaukee. Yeah, and, the, and, you know, and the problem with that, with them yeah. counting on the changing, getting the suburban swing voter to vote for them, is they have this whole um, father knows best yeah. image of suburbanites is uh, the uh, white people. Uh, where the family sits down for dinner and the father's in charge, right? The white father's in charge and the white family and the wife is at home in a, a sundress or something waiting on father to come home so <laughs> she can serve him a martini as he walks in the door. The suburbs, the demographics have changed. Yeah, yeah, there are just... Asians in the suburbs. <laughs> there yeah. are divorced women in the suburbs. There are gay people in the suburbs. There are black people in the suburbs. The people that they attack the most, uh, there's a lot of them in the suburbs. And there are not that many uh, father no best voters there anymore. No yeah. uh, that was a great riff. And there's also people who uh, want abortion rights in the suburbs. Let's not forget that, uh, uh, that group. Uh, I think most of them are... Right. Of right. that group right uh, so yeah no um that's why you've been predicting all along that that Donnie won't get reelected and um you know uh i mean it's wow polls seem to be stacked against biden but uh, if i were a gambling man i yeah. would put on that yeah the polls are but we're not we 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 have a few months to go yet yeah. and a few elections and a few trials I mean, it's a whole lot going on that uh, Trump should not be happy about. Yeah. And in the meantime, they're the, the the Democrats are just warming up their war machine, and yeah. so and they have so much ammunition to use. Just they could just use Trump's words in in their ads, and um, when people are paying attention, they're gonna go, "Holy shit!" <laughs> You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, for example, his, his, his talking about how his economy, they believe that, that his economy was better than Biden's. And it's not. The stock market uh, hit record highs last week. Yeah. Highs um, so, uh, so much so that they're higher than they were two years ago when who was president two years ago? Oh, yeah. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's all just a bunch of BS, Monroe. It's just absolute. When I think about it, like judging the economy 
uh, judging the performance of a president by the stock market. Uh, and that's just fixed. Talk about gaslit. That's fixing people's brains. Yeah, so that Donald Trump yeah, goes out. Except the, for the, um, uh, the the retirement accounts, where the, the, the IRAs and what have you, where they show up, how much how how their their retirement accounts are doing. I mean, that's important to people. Uh, and and so this is what the, the Republicans choose. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's important to people. But the notion that uh, it's somehow or other one president has. Oh, yeah, right. Contributed to a rise uh, in the stock market more than another president is absolute lunacy. But every president, when the stock market is flying high, takes credit for it. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, everybody does it, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Everyone does it. Doesn't mean it's uh, logical, right? Uh, the Democrats play into this stuff too, so that's why half the time I'm yelling at Democrats. Uh, and uh, but yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. Uh, you know, it's like with gas, the gasoline. Uh, it's uh, when 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 a gasoline is high, yes, and it, it's the pre- whoever's president sh- shushes it and says tis tis. Is yeah. it, so it's not that important. And when the prices are low, well, because of my policy. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, stock markets had ups and downs throughout the administrations. Right. Um, Republicans and Democrats. Uh, if you were like a serious student of economics, you could chart maybe what uh, possible connections there were between the policies of an administration uh, and the stock market. Uh, then you could probably see that Hey, guess what? It goes up and it goes down. And, right. you know, uh, administrations come and go. Right. Uh, but, but you're absolutely right. Now, the reality is that the economy is doing great, especially because we were coming out of a hundred year pandemic. <sighs> and, you know, and people are factoring that in that. Um, but what Democrats ought to be doing, Democratic politicians all over the country, is telling folks time and time again that Biden is a great president. Not that he died, but that he is a great president because, in fact, his accomplishments have been just that great. Hmm. Um, uh, I that's running so against the tide of how Biden is presented. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's right. just... now, the polls say that Trump was better for the economy yeah. than Biden, which is not true. Yeah. Trump is better for defense than Biden. That's, I mean, all of it is just the opposite of what it should be. But if you have Democrats saying, okay, this is what you're told, this is the reality. Yeah. Republicans are telling you this, this is a reality, but they just have to, that has to be their, their basis from now till October. All right. Uh, there are um, a couple other things I want to talk about, but we run out of time. So we're going to have to save the Kennedys till next time. Uh, the commercial for uh, uh, baby Bobby Kennedy was <laughs> so over the top. I don't know if you saw that during the Super Bowl. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you got a chance to watch the full Super Bowl anyway, but we'll save that for the next time. Take a deeper dive on that and other issues. Uh, we've run out of time. So Monroe, thank you very much for coming on the show. Shout out to the great Joyce Owens. And, um, and, um, and I, I plan to somehow, some way, uh, get people to realize what an incredible artist, a great artist she was. Uh, we'll see how I pull it off. And it's it's not hard work; it's just work. Work, absolutely. It's not hard work; it's just work. Right. Uh, and uh, that is true because if you see her work, you'll realize how talented and brilliant she was as an artist. Uh, so yeah, it's not hard work; it's just work, a work of love, I might add. Right. Um, All right, that's Monroe Anderson. Uh, Thank you very much. Also want to thank producer Chris. He does a great job. Hey, producer Chris, give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Peace and love, everybody. And remember, you can always catch previous Ben Jarofsky shows 
get Benny J bonus interviews, read columns from Ben Jarofsky, read columns from other great Chicago Reader writers, all at chicagoreader.com. You can follow Ben on Instagram at Benny J Show. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow The Ben Jarofsky Show on your favorite streaming and podcasting platforms. <laughs>